Welcome to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, Certified Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner. I'm here to deliver you weekly episodes where you will hear conversations with health experts and solo episodes about functional medicine and all things holistic health. My goal is to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need in order to help you rise to your healthiest, happiest self. On this episode of the Natural Health Rising podcast, I have Veronica Amaya with me. Veronica is an experienced relationship coach who specializes in assisting both single and partnered individuals in improving their relationships. She guides women to cultivate deeper emotional connections in their relationships, feel more loved and cherished, and find partners who are committed to creating a loving and enduring relationship. She also works with men, helping them enhance their emotional intelligence skills, understand women better, and foster a sense of respect within their relationships. Welcome to the show, Veronica. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. This is a really good topic because this is something that we all experience in our lives, right? Being in relationship with somebody. And I think that the work that you do is very, very important. And, you know, I know you had to go through some tough times in your personal relationship with the man who is now your husband, right? You just were telling me you're living in England with him now, which is very exciting. And I think your story is somewhat common and relatable for a lot of people out there. So I'd love to have you share that journey of what you went through from almost losing the love of your life to now being in this happy marriage and you get to help other people gain healthy relationships now as well. Oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. Like, actually, I think how it really started for me was in my childhood because my parents actually had a super rocky marriage. And obviously that's where I learned everything, you know, relationship skills is this thing that we pick up, um, while we grow up and then often we don't think about it. We think, oh, this is just the way people talk to each other. This is just how to, you know, uh, relate to this person. Um, but actually it's a whole set of skills. If we would think about it, we could have a totally different relation, uh, experience. And so in my life, how, what happened was that I met a man, um, that was like incredible. He was so kind and we were fitting, you know, like so beautifully together. But the problem was that how I grew up was that my mom was always quite harsh and very disrespectful towards my dad. He also was quite disrespectful towards her, but you know, she's a woman. So I imitated her. And because Matt, my now husband was a very gentle guy. He actually, um, at some point realized he is a nice guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of the nice guy syndrome, but basically that he never learned how to set boundaries with women, but with all people essentially. So basically my tendency was to wanting to dominate him. Um, and to just talk to him like my mom would talk with him. And so we slipped into the cycle where when we were happy and relaxed, everything was beautiful. And I always said to people, oh my gosh, we have the best relationship ever. But when we were in conflict, I was incredibly demeaning, degrading. Um, I was being aggressive towards him. I, you know, I was running out. Um, I, and that actually was one of his biggest triggers um, to you know, that someone just leaves. And I was just 
becoming a person that I really hated. And then at some point we had so many arguments, maybe, you know, a whole year, every month we had a really big argument. Um, and he actually said to me, Veronica, like, I feel really at my breaking point. And that really woke me up because I never thought that he would leave me because he was really, really in love with me. I, you know, still now he carries me, you know, he treats me like a princess. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I realized, oh my gosh, I really have a problem. And also I just didn't like myself when I was fighting with him. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I became a woman that I would actually hate. So yeah, so I had this really big wake up call and then I realized that I wanted to become a woman that respects her man. And I dove really deep into, um, it's kind of like based around tantric philosophy around the masculine and the feminine. And there are some beautiful writers, for example, Laura Doyle, she's a relationship coach. Um, and then also Alison Armstrong. And they are kind of like very quiet voices in the relationship coaching space, but they both said that for men, respect is the number one value, like the number one value. And they gave me some super helpful tools how to actually practically do that, you know? And yeah, it just changed my whole relationship. And um, and to this day, you know, I have it that I sometimes can feel myself slipping into this pattern, but more faster and faster, I'm able to catch myself. And um, yeah, it has just done wonders to my relationship. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so you would say that when women get into this kind of more controlling, um, maybe somewhat aggressive state with men, it's it's always coming from what they learned growing up, right? That parent model that they were in. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing. And then I think also society in general, because I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a culture where it's quite acceptable to, for example, to joke about men, to badmouth them, to make mm -hmm. fun of them. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a joke, you know? Um, so the culture also enforces this behavior. So for example, when I have clients, one of the first rules I say is like, you don't talk bad about men, just stop that. Just try it out for three months. Don't, you know, when your friends come and say, oh my gosh, my husband, blah, 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 blah. like don't engage Just say, I understand, I hear you. That's it, um, because we have to really shift also culturally out of this, that sometimes, you know, we almost treat men like second-class citizens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think there's something to be said about um, instead of going straight to your girlfriends with that blah, blah, blah about my husband did this and that, it's like, well, what if we actually just contained that and brought it directly to him and only kept that those conversations within that space, like almost like it's your, your sacred relationship, right? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, totally. Like I actually, I basically never talk about him with anybody mm -hmm. because I, you know, I don't feel like I need to, but also because exactly what you're saying, when I have an issue, then we talk about it and we figure it out. And very often, I mean, we have done very deep relationship work together. So we both know our own triggers and that is very often also the reason why someone else annoys us so much, you know, like for example, when I used to be in this phase of being very aggressive and it, I was also very critical, that was another um, part of this. Um, it like, I was projecting a lot of the things that I didn't like about myself onto him. So he became, you know, my, um, 
yeah, my projection board, so to speak. And that was a really big and important learning for me. And it has made me develop so much. So if we actually also see that relationships, they are a mirror for us and they really help us grow up and become, you know, real adults, because most, unfortunately, most people today are a bit stuck in childhood um, because of a lot of trauma and just kind of like not, yeah, emotional development is not really um, helped in society. And so even when they are 50 or 60, you know, they still see the world through um, I'm a victim. This person made me feel this. Um, he, it's his fault that I'm miserable. You know, that's a child's way of looking at life. And so if you are conscious in a relationship, it can actually really help you to be like, oh my gosh, I'm really responsible for how I feel. And how can I actually become all the things that I want for my partner myself, you know, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Together, we can really transform this into like a, a beautiful and healthy relationship. What would you say to somebody who is a woman who's currently having those conversations with friends, et cetera, and they're not going to their partner? How do they take those steps? Because that can be very uncomfortable for somebody who doesn't have those communication skills yet. So are are there some basic first steps or a structure to having a, a conversation that um, can actually help the relationship? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I give a webinar and meetup, <clears throat> which is called how to call, how to talk about your feelings effectively. And there mm. I teach a simple process. It's based on the nonviolent communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg, which um, you can boil each problem down on uh, a feeling that you're experiencing, a direct feeling, which is, you know, anger, sadness, disappointment, frustration, and so on and so forth, and a direct need that you're missing. So super simple. And um, then you connect those things and basically says, you know, when you come home late to dinner and you don't tell me, you don't tell me beforehand, um, I feel really frustrated because I love spending time with you and I feel that our my need of quality time is not met. Um, mm -hmm. And what that does, first of all, is that you're super clear because very often we are very unclear, you know, like, for example, the husband comes home and then says, you don't even love me. And he's like, what? <laughs> of course I love you. <laughs> because that's what what she feels in that moment, because that's, you know, what's is triggered often from childhood. That's often why it is such a big problem when he comes home late, you know. <clears throat> it's not the situation itself, but a trigger. So, so yeah, first of all, it's very clear. But second of all, also, it's much easier for the other person to hear criticism if we don't talk about them, but we talk about us. Mm -hmm. You know, and that example, for example, um, she could then also explain, for example, say why she is triggered by that. For example, she could say, oh, in my childhood, actually, I always wished that we had dinner time together because my parents never had time for me. So this is really important. So maybe then he's like, oh, I never realized that this is a big thing. And maybe before what he heard was, oh, you just want to control me. You know, you want to control when I'm home and then maybe he could even it could even be that he extra comes late because he wants to feel like he's still a free man you see is such a small mm -hmm. dynamic so yeah so that's what I would what I would advise talk about direct feelings and needs and make yourself a little bit vulnerable because especially in male female relationships it's like amazing how much men actually want to protect us and be there for us but for that we have to show up at our heart you know and have to say like why is this 
upsetting me. And it's better also to think more about how it is hurting you than how it is angering you, you know? Because mm -hmm. again, this is many men only see like this, you know, bitchy part of us or the the angry woman. And then they totally go in defensive mode because it reminds them of their mom. And in general, they don't want to be, they don't want to be controlled. But if we show ourselves as, yeah, the vulnerable hearts that we are, then actually they are often reminded of the, I mean, that's why they are together with a woman because they want to feel the softness, you know, and the love that she has. So, and then actually they often want to please us and want to make us feel better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That That's so good. Yeah. Just going from that, uh, first off, re remembering that men are not mind readers, because I know that's a big thing with women. If you don't communicate, we just think that they're going to read our minds sometimes. And um, you gave a really good example of that, like coming home and just yelling at him versus saying, and stop putting the the you out there and, and saying like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is why this is important to me. And this is why this triggered me. I think that's a really helpful formula for people to try out with their partners. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to touch back on some of the, this like controlling emotional state. What are other alternatives to get out of this? Like how should a woman be showing up in a relationship to create a stronger bond instead of tearing it apart? Yeah. So I think that let's talk about women of course many men have this also but when we specifically think about this situation let's say it's usually a couple where both are highly educated maybe have good jobs it's kind of like this equal relationship you know and um, maybe the men are quite you know they love feminism they want to support women and um so it's, it's definitely a relationship where both partners feel really strongly that there's equality so what i see now very often this dynamic is there that um women are they don't even realize how controlling they actually are you know it often starts again when we are little um maybe there's a lot of kind of like anxiety and so and maybe also the woman has never experienced a masculine container so a man really holding her you know like this is, should be the role of the father of course, many people now have grown up without a dad or a dad that was never there or a dad that was a little bit more weaker or passive. So she's actually longing to feel safety in her life. And, and then in these, in these relationships, very often she maybe has a man that constantly heard in childhood that masculinity is bad. He should not be too assertive. He should not be too headstrong. Um, he should rather hold back because, um, you know, this masculinity can be violent. And so he is very insecure about that. The average woman puts almost 200 different chemicals on her skin daily. Our skin is our largest organ and it is very absorbent. So just about everything you put on your skin winds up in your bloodstream and your body has to deal with processing that. Now, unfortunately, the cosmetic industry and other industries for self-care products put some pretty nasty chemicals in their products that lead to hormone imbalance, a wide variety of other side effects, and eventually disease. So for a lot of my products, I like to use Beauty Counter because they have a list of over 1,800 chemicals that they will never use. 
and a lot of other big beauty companies are putting these in their products. So swapping out toxic beauty products like my makeup, shampoo and conditioner, and lotions for cleaner versions was a really big piece while I was healing from my autoimmune disease. I also like Beauty Counter a lot because their products are high quality. So I've tried other makeup brands and self-care products that are all natural, and I do like some of them, but they just don't stay on my skin or look as good as Beauty Counter products do. So head over to beautycounter.com forward slash Rachel Smith. So that's Beauty Counter, B-E-A-U-T-Y-C-O-U-N-T-E-R.com forward slash Rachel Smith, R-A-C-H-E-L-S-M-I-T-H to shop with me as your consultant. So feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about their products and you can start swapping your potentially more toxic products for cleaner ones that are an amazing quality and your body is going to thank you for this. Um, so he is kind of like, okay, to let the woman have the lead in the relationship. Um, and then what I see is that women start to control the whole situation by, for example, telling him what to do, what to say, how to treat his friends, what to do at work, you know, to kind of like um, see, actually treat him like a son. You know, I don't know if you've ever noticed this in relationships, but yeah, to really mm-hmm. boss him around, basically. Um, and that destroys the relationship in one way or the other. Because, first of all, like either one of two things happens. Either the man just becomes super passive and actually becomes like a son, um, can't get anything done, maybe has, you know, even loses out in his career. Okay, actually three things. That's the first thing. The second thing, and then often they have a very, not a very nice intimacy as well. The second thing is that he mentally checks out, maybe even has an affair. And the third thing is, of course, mm-hmm. that he breaks up because, um, yeah, he can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of controlling that I'm talking about. Um, and then when there's kids involved, it can get really bad because obviously a man feels deeply insulted if a woman is ordering him around in front of the kids. The kids then often don't respect the dad as well. And it's just a mess. Um, yeah. So what I would really suggest is that um, you remember why you got together with that man. You know, remember the first months when you saw how, what, what, what did you find attractive about him? Um, and then also think about that this man is still within him. Um, and what I did, basically, I made a list of all the things that my husband or my boyfriend back then was actually doing the whole time and even doing better than me. Like he always had such an amazing career. I mean, he just, yeah, he's just skyrocketing his career. And and often I thought he's a bit stupid. That's honestly what I thought. And then I was like, how can you think that? That's ridiculous. You know, he obviously knows what he's doing. He's like managing 10 people. He's so smart, you know. He had did like an amazing master and everything. So I really had to check myself to, you know, to like reality check. Um, and then, and then, and then the third thing is um, in terms of a control, um, with start with small things, just get it out of your hands. You know, for example, 
um, you know, very basic examples, cleaning, like <laughs> many women kind of like constantly oversee how men clean. And I would never, ever say anything about it. Just let him do however he wants to do it and just, you know, um, and then go on to bigger things. Like, for example, my relationship, and that might sound crazy for some people, my husband controls all the finances. Like, I don't do anything. That for me was a really big thing because it showed, I had to show myself that I respect him so much and admire him that he actually um, knows what he's doing. And it was like such a good step for me. That's maybe not necessary for everybody, but I would suggest that you give control over him to something that makes you feel a bit anxious. For example, when you have kids, it could be the same thing that you just send the kids out with him. You don't check what they're doing. You just leave him, you know? And then slowly but surely you will see that he's actually not incapable. He's not going to mess up his life. He is a guy that you can actually trust. And you can realize that a life without control is much more relaxing, much more mm -hmm. relaxing. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about respect in relationships and how important having unconditional respect is and what that can look like. Yeah, so I would say it's, one of the most important ingredients, if not the important, most important ingredient, um, because for men, it's like they are 100% craving for it. It's also in their work, in every aspect of their life. It makes them feel like they are, I mean, that's, that's what I've been told, obviously, um, that they are strong that they are trusted and that the other person sees them and, you know, sees them as like a strong, capable man, basically. Um, and I want to also say that, of course, it's the other way around as well, right? For women, respect is also very important, but for women, and it, it has to go a step further, not just respect, but deep love and cherishing, you know? So that's, how I teach um, uh, in relationship coaching. Um, and what I mean with respect is um, in communication, obviously, very simply to um, always keep a respectful tone of voice, even when you're fighting, um, to not interrupt him. That's a really, really, really big thing that women do a lot. Um, and especially not when you're in company. So really let him speak his mind um really like you would treat like a boss you know with the same uh, with the same grace with the same respect um and, and also like very simply to not make any jokes in front of his friends like that's deeply deeply demeaning like very important to not do that because you're just gonna belittle him and he's gonna build up resentment and also it's just gonna chip away on his confidence um and then in terms of behavior, I would say very important is to not tell him what to do, you know? Like, of course, in a relationship, you're a team, right? So sometimes um, there's things that you would like to get done, but you can formulate it like a request. You could say, hey, darling, um, could you maybe after work, would it be possible that you pick up my car from the garage or something like that? But not, not formulate it like orders. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of how 
he behaves like um, Laura Doyle even suggests to never tell a man what to wear. <laughs> this is one that we are still kind of like working on because my husband loves my style advice. Mm. But basically what she means is just to um, show him that he, you trust 100% that he can make his own decisions and, you know, he doesn't need your counsel, basically. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what about the way that a woman could, I don't want to, I want to say maybe value a man, like kind of giving him words of praise, like you know, really showing up and, and explaining like how much you value certain things he does in the relationship. Do you have anything on that and the importance of that? Yeah, totally. So um, when a relationship is quite at a rocky point, that's a really good first step to start turning it around by, for example, saying three things that you respect about him and three things that you're really grateful for. You know, and for example, um, often in long-term relationships, because you know how it is that it becomes more like a, I don't know, more like a company or something. Um, for example, men love to hear actually when he is the breadwinner or when he is, you know, working for the family that you tell him, I respect you so much because you work so hard for us, you know, or you because all your life, like my dad, for example, all his life. He never had a break. He always worked as a teacher really hard. So my mom could, for example, say to him, wow, thank you so much that you do this. It's really incredible. And it will lift him up like incredibly, you know? And um, yeah, and, and very simply, like if you, if you want to do this as a regular practice, there's nothing better that you can do to just say this on a regular basis, all the things that you appreciate about him. Um, and sometimes I just want to say that I really understand because a lot of women are super resentful and are very bitter. And sometimes they say, oh, but I also do that. And mm -hmm. that's totally clear. You know, it doesn't mean that, um, that you don't deserve gratitude. But if we bring this in, you know, especially if we don't take each other for um, granted, because this is a big thing. Imagine someone works like... 40 years of their life and gives all his money to his family. This is incredible. And the same for the woman, of course. Um, but one person, when one person starts to bring gratitude in, then very often the other one also hops on the train and starts to say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for cooking beautifully or working amazingly or being such a loving mother, right? It's like someone has to start this new culture of appreciation. And I think this is one of the most beautiful things when you see that suddenly. Um, because everyone loves that, you know, and needs that so much to hear that, how, yeah, how much the other person actually sees that they are doing so much for their, for the couple or for the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A book that I read that really helps me with a lot of these concepts um, is called The Queen's Code. Have you mm, read that? Yes. Mm, okay. Right. Yeah. I really enjoyed that book. I, I love the way it's written. It's like written as a story, but with all of these tangible tips and like ways to really reframe looking at relationships and looking at men. Um, but let's talk about men though. Like they're not perfect. So what are some <laughs> things that you see that a man is doing in a relationship? And uh, yeah, let's just start there. Like what are some of the most common things that you see? Yes. <laughs> 
Um, no, men are definitely not perfect. We all need to learn. <laughs> yeah. So I think that most men don't understand how deeply women crave love. It's like, because as I said, they crave respect. Um, they totally underestimate how actually vulnerable women are. And usually it's often hard to see it because we have a lot of armor around us. But um, what I would, and what I actually do with my male clients is to show them like the softness, to connect with the softness of the feminine. And for many men, it's very hard to do that because many men actually are super afraid of women um, because they... Yeah, have been hurt a lot by emotional manipulation, you know, mm. and um, and also of course women have a lot of power, you know, like um, men just love our beauty and our grace, so we can hurt them like in so many ways, and often men don't show that. So basically, men are afraid to love women very deeply because they also want to protect themselves the same actually as women do when they disrespect men they also just want to protect themselves so the first thing i do with men is to help them become okay with the anger of a woman so that they are not so afraid anymore of her so that they can really stand firmly in in their uh in themselves um and then um not revert to the wounded in a child when they are around a woman. And then the second thing is to um, realize that very often when she is super angry and criticizing you, she just wants to be loved. Um, so I basically teach them to uh, start, for example, um, coming closer and holding her hand and saying, hey, darling, are you all right? What's actually going on? And then to look deeply in the eyes and best is also to give like a deep hug so that she can basically melt into softness and be like, oh, yeah, actually, I just had a horrible day. I feel so, you know, I just want a hug. Can we just cuddle on the couch? You know, mm -hmm. um, so it's so that's the skill for men is to to break through and realize that the, the criticism is, you know, just her way of expressing that she's just really overwhelmed and stressed. And um, yeah, and when when couples both do that as you can see you know the woman is really trying to respect more and the man is trying to love more then this amazing union happens and that's possible between men and women where the woman is super soft and receptive and open-hearted and the man is really strong and is showing up even when she's crazy you know he's there <laughs> and he also usually is really Living a healthy lifestyle can be super hard when you don't live near a store that sells healthy organic foods or when you're just way too busy, like me, to go to the grocery store and actually shop. That's why I love shopping online at Thrive Market. Thrive Market saves you time and effort when trying to shop for healthy food and non-toxic household and self-care products. You can actually get a nice peace of mind knowing that you're getting top quality products that are organic, non-GMO, non-toxic, and I think the best part is that they're sold at wholesale prices, so you're saving about 25 to 50% sometimes. 
You can find everything there from toothpaste and dish soap to organic wines and grass-fed meat. And my favorite thing to get from there are really all of my pantry staples. So for baking, I love to get all of my grain-free flours and then all of my healthy cooking oils like beef tallow and coconut oil. You can even search for and filter out products by over 90 different values. So things like vegan, paleo, sustainably farmed, non-GMO, and even autoimmune, which I loved using this when I was going through my personal autoimmune healing journey and this was my place to shop. So make sure you head to the link in my show notes so that you can get a free gift when you sign up for a membership through that link. Yeah, it's amazing. Just recently, I thought about this, how when a woman is really soft, it can actually really help a man's career as well, because he's super motivated to like earn lots of money. It's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. When you say soft, are you speaking of, of when a woman is resting into this, this like feminine Hmm. side yes yes exactly not that as a as a woman you always have to be kind of like passive that's not what I mean but feminine you know um soft because even as I just said when we are having crazy emotions we can still be like open-hearted and share you know like oh I'm feeling super intense right now um and stay in this um yeah that's the softness I talk about okay Hmm. Um, yeah, elaborate more on on this concept, because I feel like there, this is becoming like a very big topic on social media and all over the place about masculine and feminine. And there's many different viewpoints on what femininity means and how that shows up in a relationship. So yeah, speak more on what that actually looks like within for a woman to be more in her feminine state. Hmm. Yeah. So feminine and masculine is really like yin and yang. You know, we live in a polarized world. Everything has an opposite. So that's very simply what masculine and feminine is. It's just the opposite of each other. And I believe that most men chose, you know, to be on this earth, to be more in their masculine and most women to be on the feminine. And of course, there's all kinds of expressions, but I work mostly with these classical couples. Um, And the thing is that most women and also most men, but let's talk about the feminine, have not really learned what does it mean even to be a woman or to be feminine. Mm -hmm. And femininity in itself it's it doesn't matter how it looks you know there could be a woman who is like more masculine looking she likes to wear trousers and then there's a woman like me I always wear dresses I have long hair you know my nails are done so that's more classically feminine but we could both be very feminine by the way we are um energetically so the feminine energy basically means that um it's more fluid more um could be emotional but more in touch with emotions receptive soft um being in the body as well and feeling you know the way i am with you i try to really feel you be with you let you lead a little bit right so Mm -hmm. that's the family as the interviewee um yeah so that's what what femininity is and um and to be connected with that is so powerful because 
often you don't even realize how because our society trains us to be more in a masculine you know to be more rational focused goal-driven you know like okay i'm here now i do this interview you know like that's sort of like energy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes and for most women it's very exhausting to be like this all the time mm -hmm. um so what i teach my clients actually is to be so conscious that you can choose you know like for example because sometimes obviously masculine energy is very good you know if we want to like slay at work or if we want to convince someone or uh, if we want to get something done um or if you're in a leadership position it's really yeah it's amazing but in a relationship very often it actually feels really good for a woman to be more of this whole that is receptive because then also what happens is that the man usually becomes really assertive and like strong and that's actually a really nice feeling for most women when they actually take charge and like lead the way you know and and it's also very good for the attraction between a couple especially mm -hmm. also in long-term relationships it can really bring the spark back when we play with this polarity so to speak mm -hmm. can you can you give a couple of practices or exercises that a, a woman can do to start to embrace this because it is hard because in our in our world nowadays it's very fast-paced and a lot of women are entrepreneurs now and like doing really hard things in their lives and so it, it's a challenge to, to kind of step out of that so what are some practices that uh, someone could start doing yeah oh totally for me it was also such a long process to be more like that so um the easiest access to the feminine is through the body um and that obviously is also really healthy after for example a work day where you were most of the time in your head to really connect to the body so um obviously any kind of exercise you do is really good and while you do the exercise you can do it also more conscious that you really you know, feel what's actually going on when I move my body, when I'm in the gym or swimming or whatever it is, um, to really feel the muscles, you know. Um, and then I love to dance, actually. Actually, I always do it before I have a podcast or a coaching session. I dance for 10, 15 minutes. And that is my way to really be in this fluidity, not think, I feel my emotions also in that moment like that is yeah what makes me what brings me into the feminine energy um mm. and yeah there are so many things i could say but maybe another super um, more simple thing is that obviously our femininity also has to do with our you know the body parts that are not masculine right so um our breasts and our genitals and that's also a really good starting point to to start to connect more so for example i do a teach my clients a womb meditation which is really just so simple to imagine like your womb which is even if you don't have a womb anymore you have an energetic womb and it's just kind of like below the navel Mm -hmm. um, and to connect in there and it's amazing because every single woman I've taught this to she feels that there's such a power like a deep trusting power to connect into this um, womb space because it is um, the center of our creativity you know obviously life could be born but even if we don't have children 
um, projects are born in this energetic space. So um, it's also so beautiful to um, yeah to connect there um, and to remind yourself also how you are different than men. You know that's quite nice also to be mm -hmm. like okay this is something that you don't have. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's so beautiful. And I was smiling when you were talking about the dancing, because that's something that I do as well. And a practice that I brought in over the past recently, like the past year and a half, two years. And so I'll do the dancing between calls or just, you know, throughout the day to kind of move my body and get into my body sometimes, or if I need to shift my energy. And I also started partner dancing within the past couple of years as well. And what's funny is because I used to be very masculine, you know, very much like go, go, go all the time and, you know, opening my own doors and like doing these things unconsciously, not letting a man do things for me, just all these, all these things. And over time, I realized what I was doing. But when I started partner dancing, I thought it was funny because every single man that I danced with was like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? They're like, you, you need to relax. You need to stop control. You're controlling the dance. I'm the leader, not you. And I, it took me a while to be able to really breathe and relax and be in my body and let go of control. And it's so much more fun now. <laughs> I love dancing. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, dancing by yourself at home is also an amazing, super simple practice that anybody can do whenever whenever they need to pull from that. Okay. I want to make sure we touch on this nice guy syndrome because mm. you did mention it and you kind of kind of talked about what it was a little bit, but um why does a man get into nice guy syndrome and, and how does he become what you call an integrated man? Hmm. Yes. I just quickly want to say that so cool that you made this experience with dancing, because I think that most women can't imagine how good it would feel to let go of control. So dancing is a really nice way because of course you can also realize it through sexuality, but mm -hmm. dancing is more kind of like safe, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, wow, it's it's amazing. And yeah, I used to be completely the same, super hyper masculine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the nice guy syndrome. Um so one of the problems I think that especially the older generation has when they think about men women relating, they think about this problem from the past that of course still exists. Um that is that there is a man who is quite emotionally unavailable, potentially violent, power-driven, you know, really wants to be the boss in the relationship. So that was, I think, our grandparents' generation was obviously still a big problem and still is um, in some parts of the society. But now, so they, they kind of like have this image that in a relationship, the man is the perpetrator and the woman is like the victim. I mean, as I said, you know, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, definitely. And um, yeah, but also lots have shifted, which is amazing. And so with, you know, the sexual revolution and then women having much more power in relationships and also a lot of single motherhood, a lot of mothers unconsciously let out their anger on their little boys. So I say it, they did 
kind of like an energetic castration by basically telling them since they are little that men are evil, that masculinity is bad, that they shouldn't be too assertive when they were maybe, you know, being a bit um, rowdy with their friends. They would say, don't fight. That's bad. Um, you have, you should be nice to people. Um, and mm -hmm. so what these little boys were hearing is that there's something wrong with me because I'm a boy. Um, I have to be really, really nice to women. Um, maybe they feel a lot of guilt for being men, you know, for all the horrible things that women have experienced. And so they basically start rejecting a part of themselves really strongly. Um, and that's what we call the nice guy syndrome, because these men, when they are older, they are usually men that everyone thinks that they are so kind and so wonderful. They always do everything for other people. They usually can't say no. Um, in relationships, they are usually, you know, under the, they often have a very dominant woman, often maybe also someone that maybe identifies as a feminist and kind of like even says, you know, like um, men are aggressive and should not have so much power, you know, these bad old white men or something like that. Um, and then, yeah. And then the problem with this is that, first of all, of course, these men suffer a lot because um, they don't really feel masculine. They don't really feel strong. They often have not good careers um, and they have a huge resentment often towards their mothers and their wives or partners. And how this expresses themselves is that if, if there is ever sort of like this crazy sudden, you know, the guy freaks out and just kills his wife, very often that was a nice guy because the anger just, you know, um, balls up, then they often have gambling problems or porn addiction is a really big thing because all this, you know, a man's energy is very powerful. And if he constantly represses it, it goes somewhere. Um, yeah, any kind of addictions actually can be a huge problem um, or even just depression because they all the anger is towards themselves. Um, yeah, so it's, as you can see, it's really, really, really big problem for people. Ah, yeah, and maybe lastly, also very often they have really intense sex problems, the couple, you know, mm. just no attraction, maybe also um, erectile dysfunction. So, yeah, um, so that's the nice guy syndrome. Wow. And you have, do you work with a, a lot of guys like that? So um, I work mostly with younger guys where it's not as bad, you know, mm -hmm. but um, they usually, I'm, pretty much everyone I work with has a flavor of it, you know, that they, they feel bad, maybe setting boundaries with women. Um, they feel not really that they can get what they want in their sex lives. Um, they often don't know what to do when a woman is disrespecting them that's like the biggest three things yeah okay so and then you teach them how to set boundaries how to communicate and gain gain that respect back essentially yes. and the women love it you know they oh, want yeah. yeah yes absolutely you, you know it right <laughs> yeah yeah oh, that's so good have you have you ever met a nice guy Absolutely. <laughs> I think, I think there might be something to that saying nice guys finish last is yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. We just quickly also want to say the reason why I know so much about it is because my husband, he was like a real nice guy and he, there's a 
uh, amazing book is called No More Mr. Nice Guy from Dr. Robert Glover. And he even worked with him. So it was for me so beautiful to see this transformation because um, sometimes people are like, oh, but what do you mean? Should all men be now assholes or something? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what we mean at all. But mm -hmm. you can be such a kind and open-hearted man, but still be strong, you know, and know what you want and tell it to people. And that's what I see with my husband now. It's amazing at work. You know, he's like setting boundaries left, right, center, telling everybody what. And of course, it's amazing for his career, right? Because you need to have leadership skills. You can't be too nice. Otherwise, you're not going to progress. So, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> We don't have too much more time. I think maybe one more question uh, we can fit in. So let's say a couple has a pretty good relationship, um, but they get to that place where they're getting past the honeymoon phase. We all know is where all of those crazy heightened emotions and feelings are starting to kind of die off. It goes into this very normal, like, okay, we're just living a regular life now, <laughs> trying to learn how to um, keep the excitement and maintain that long-term relationship. So what advice do you have for those couples who want to keep their relationship fulfilling and exciting? Hmm. Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah. Um, I would say um, learn about Tantra. I think that is the, the most amazing resource there is. So Tantra, when people hear this, they always think like, oh, it's some kind of like orgies. No, 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 that's <laughs> not what it means. Of course you can if you want. <laughs> but um, it's really a way for you to um, basically reach enlightenment through relating and sexuality. But of course, you can use it to create incredible deep intimacy with each other. And also a lot of pleasure, which of course is really good for a long-term relationship um and what you can remember really is that usually in our daily lives we kind of like live a little bit next to each other so tantra helps us to understand and with beautiful practices that the other person that you are relating to is a universe you know like you could spend your whole life getting to know them you would never see everything of them so if you approach it this way, a relationship can never get boring because you can just go deeper and deeper with each other and you can find parts of them that are so amazing and interesting. So um, I think if you, and, and then also you realize that it's not just one being, you know, every person has many, 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 many different parts. And even in sexuality, you could have, you know, sex with each other's different parts um, and mm. you can just play like this with different energies and it just becomes very playful and um, amazing to be with each other in this way. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you've probably piqued a lot of people's interest on that. Everyone's probably going to go Google how to learn Tantra <laughs> after this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, are you open to doing a speed round of questions? sure okay uh you actually mentioned i think one or two books already but what are a couple impactful books that you've read um yeah i would say what you said the queen's code is absolutely amazing i give it to everyone that i know um it's so cool um and then also uh, another great book is getting the love you want um i forgot now who's the author author 
but um, it's about imago therapy. And it's great because for people who don't know about trauma, it explains very well why we choose the partners we do and why it's so important to um, really understand your partner's history, basically, so that you can relate, you know, more lovingly. Mm, I'll have to read that one. If you were on a deserted island, what three things would you bring with you? Is it also people or just things? Uh, it could be a person. It could be a thing, an item. Okay, definitely met my, definitely met my husband because he's my best friend <laughs> in the world. I love him. <laughs> and then I would also bring uh, fresh orange juice because I love orange juice. <laughs> and then I would also bring um oh my my e-reader of course <laughs> okay yeah what is your favorite hobby ecstatic dance mm, love ecstatic yeah. dance yes if you could have any superpower what would it be oh flying for sure definitely mm. <laughs> if you and final one, um, if you could leave the listeners with one tip that they could implement this week to help them live a healthier, happier life, what would it be? I would say find the nearest beach at night, take off your clothes and go skinny dipping and just kill your body and feel amazing. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Well, this was um, such a, a fun conversation and feel free if you feel like we missed anything super important you want to share. And of course, you know, where people can find you, where they can work with you as well. Yes. Oh, I had such a good time. I want to now do a podcast with you as well and ask you all the questions. <laughs> um, Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you I'm on YouTube. So if you guys want to learn more, you can check it out, Veronica Maya, and my website, also same name, Veronica Maya. Um, and I also do free webinars on meetup.com. So it's called the Conscious Relationship School. And um, yeah, I love to teach. So check it out. I talk about all the stuff that uh, we shared today. And yeah, it was really fun talking with you. Hmm. Yeah, same. Thank you so much, Veronica. Thank you for tuning in to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I hope you found this episode informative and left you feeling empowered to take control of your health naturally. As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness or medical condition. Please consult with a qualified healthcare professional before making any changes to your diet, exercise routine, supplements, or medical treatment. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Comments and ratings help the show reach more people so that they too can level up their health and entire life holistically. I really appreciate your support and feedback. Before I go, I want to remind you that I work with clients virtually all over the world. So if you are searching for a functional medicine provider to help you uncover the root cause of your health issues and have support and guidance in healing your body through nutrition and lifestyle changes, then you can book a free health consultation with me by using the link in the show notes and we can talk about working together. Thanks for listening and keep striving to become your healthiest, happiest self.